What's up, everybody? We back another week. We took a week off, didn't we? We d- we did. We yeah. did. We took a week off. We are back now, and we're recording on Monday. Yeah. And see, today we get to record with the the man who was actually our first guest. Yeah. Because he was a part of our pilot episode. First of all time. Yeah, first of all time. Did that the ever first get ever R2. It did. It got released like I want to say months later. Okay. We, yeah, we released the the Jay Williams R2C2 pilot. But then Derek Jeter came out. So yeah, exactly. that was that was the real first podcast. Let's be honest. I acknowledge that. I'm okay with that. Man, that that was, that ended up being official episode yes. one. <laughs> the advertising dollars yeah, came exactly, out for that one. Exactly. The test episode, however, was Jay Williams. And it was uh, a great one. Though. It was yeah, a good one. I was yeah. like, oh, this could work. Like, yeah, we exactly. Can do this. Right, right. I was like, and, oh, y'all two going. Yeah, this gonna be successful. Right. Y'all gonna do it. I remember. And at that point, it was like. Uh, you know, was it going to be part of a show you were doing or whatever? That yeah. was like when R two C two was just beginning, Jay. And we, now look at you too. Oh man. man, how about we've been? I was thinking about this. Uh, we're so we're recording at South Street Seaport Studios for ESPN, um, and uh, I just walked by Stephen A. I, now you've been my longest tenured co-host, man. Oh, really? Yeah. How long? Long- I thought you was with him for like three years. Two years. Oh, two yeah, years. Yeah, two years with two two years years too Steven. Two years too You know what's funny? is like, man, I love – as you, I know, you know you're playing or whatever, but I love Steven. It's like – but hosting a show in two different locations and with Steven – is the most challenging thing I've ever what done do you mean in my two career. Locations? He was always like somewhere else. I was in New York, and he would be at that time. He was in Bristol uh, okay. doing the show. So, like, if it was today, he would have gone. I would have done the show with him every day in New York. You know, right but, here to, yeah, right yeah, here. exactly. And it would have been way easier because whenever we were together, I was like, oh, I like this show, whatever. But when you try and like host a show in two different locations, no matter what, it's difficult. It's especially difficult when your co-host is the master of the soliloquy. Yes. You know, because <laughs> you're just trying to figure, well, when, when do I talk? Like, yeah. you know, when do I get in? Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can- you just got to take a knee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take a knee. Wait that it out. It, <laughs> Wait it out. Wait it out. That was it. That was it. That was it. And I love is he, Steven. Does he still do the radio or is he? Uh, he's he done just with finished. the radio, right? Yeah. Just finished. Well, yeah. now they're I doing think Bart Scott took it went, went on. So, yeah, so what happened is ESPN New York went local, and Bart is doing a show with Alan Hahn on ESPN Radio locally. And nationally, Steven's time slot was taken over. It's going to be like kind of a hybrid first take audio edition that has a host. Jason Fitz, yeah. I think he's going to host it, but they're going to recycle things that come back from the show and then talk about it on the radio show. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. So you but still get more Stephen so A. Still yeah. Stephen Don't A. get it yeah. twisted. But, but not live. But just it's not live, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's kind of exactly. like Mad Dog when they put him on uh, MLB Network and they just put his hot, they put uh, High Heat on the radio. Like it's a fucking oh. TV show, but they play it on the radio. Do they really? Yeah, because my, my driver uh, loves MLB Network, so that's yeah. all we listen to in the car. And at 1 o'clock, it's high heat, but it's on the radio. Uh, oh, man. Like, this is fucking weird. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all ain't got another program y'all can put uh, on. Like, and and it, what's funny about to, that is right? Mad, Mad Dog has his own show anyway. Yeah, on, uh, on Sirius. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, if you want Mad Dog, you can turn yeah, over to Mad yeah, Dog Radio. exactly, <laughs> right? You already can find him. Now, you oh, know what? Man. That's not bad for Mad Dog's pockets, so. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not. never a bad it's, it's, No, no, no. Never that's, bad that's right. And I believe he lives in New Canaan, which is plenty expensive. So he could, <laughs> he, could he could use those shows, you know. It's actually, it's, it's, it's nice to have some laughter and yeah, some normalcy man. because obviously, um, you know, we're recording on Monday and this is releasing on Thursday. Uh, and this is the day after, you know, f- for me, the most shocking loss I've ever seen us have in the sports community. And, you know, it, it, it hits uh, home losing Kobe Bryant um, and losing, you know, his daughter Gianna, as well as the other seven people who passed away in the helicopter accident whose families are, you know, grieving just as inconsolably as, as the Bryants are, obviously. And, so the prayers go to all nine of those people. I can't remember feeling, you know, an event create the tremors that yesterday did for our sports community. It's just like, and you guys, obviously, you have, uh, and Jay, you've been on TV constantly over the last couple of days with some beautiful, poignant words and memories. But, I mean, it's 
it, it, it's just it's it's one of those things, right? It just still feels like someone's gonna say, no, 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 that that's not real. Surreal. Yeah. My dad said it. My dad's like, man, this has a this has a JFK feel to it. Like you feel like a, a man's mission cut short. Yeah. CC, you know, I, I know you you went through this. I went through it a lot earlier of a stage in my life, but I. Sometimes when you're an athlete, you become so fixated on your craft, right? It consumes you on a daily basis, and you become myopic. You have horse blinders on because you, you have to see what you need to see in order to be great at your particular craft. And when that goes away, you see sometimes a lot of athletes struggle with, what do I, what do I fill my life up with now? Mm-hmm. And for Kobe, I think that second act of his life was his family. Mm. And, look, it's been documented. Obviously, every relationship goes through troubling times. I'm sure if I were to do a dig – deep dive into everybody's you know personal everybody lives everybody has, has struggles yeah, that you need sure. to fight through and yet try to grow as a man but the fact that they remained a unit and that they were together through that shit um speaks volumes about how they view their family and the fact that i think his bond with his daughter reinvented his love for the game because i don't care what anybody said that kobe on the way out was a frustrated pissed off kobe mm-hmm. right because he wanted that team to still try to achieve high levels but I think his daughter finding that love for basketball. So you saw him start coming back to Laker games and you know, kind of be reimmersed into what they were doing. And um, like that's what I that's what I feel worst about for him. He was just establishing that second act. That second love for the game. Yes. Yeah. And family, which is it's everything, man. Yeah, and the, the like the I got goosebumps now just thinking about like the my wife called me yesterday, like screaming, like the the amount of people that this affected, like I'm driving my son to his basketball game and like we talking about faith and you know you got to you know have you know have faith that you're going to see these people again. I'm talking to him about my own experiences. Like death for me is a it's always a harder thing for me because I've been through it so much and 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 such a young age like that shit like it 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 eats at me cuz I know you know I know what it's like that week when somebody passes away and you know everybody's there and then you know you have the funeral it's just like that like that shit plays in my mind yeah. no matter whoever dies but I mean somebody famous somebody close to me whatever it, it plays out in, in my heart the same way every time and and it just sucks man it's, it's you know thinking about his kids thinking about his family thinking about you know everything he went through you know and 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 now um, you know, being 41 years old, you know, passing away so early, I just feel like he has so many more people to impact and, and so much more to do in the sport and in and, and his life, man. It's crazy. I didn't even know, I'm sorry. I, I didn't even know how to articulate this yesterday because obviously you find out and I'm emotional because Kobe's been a guiding light in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like we didn't talk about the other seven people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like everybody went directly to Kobe. And I'm sitting there saying, oh, damn, like you have other families that are involved in this too. And everybody's mm-hmm. talking about Kobe and it's understanding because it's Kobe. But if you're another family, like, well, wait wait a second. Like what what about my mom or my, my mom, dad or, yeah. or my sister or any of that? And and here's the hardest part about tragedy that I've had, had to learn how to deal with firsthand. And I, you know, I didn't die, but I came close to it. Like that first month, Everybody reaches out to you. Everybody sends their prayers and condolences. Everybody's so sorry. The mm. the letters, the you know, murals, all these things that happen. And then inevitably, man, like people just move on with their fucking lives. People go away. And then you have the people that just got this flood of all this love and hope and just everybody gets distracted with other shit, other shiny objects that happen. And it's gonna happen to us in the media. Yeah. You know, like except when big events come around, we'll talk about it again, but you get lost in the other things and like Vanessa and her three girls got to deal with this for the rest of their lives. Like, and I, I think it's kind of our responsibility to, as much as we go into all the other aspects of Kobe, to help these young women remember their father for the greatness that he had. Hmm. Uh, and also the other survivors. Like, we have to find ways to do that more in media, and that's a, that's a challenge that I have. Yeah, have yeah, to we, give that blanket of consistent love yes. to all of them forever, not yes. just for this finite period of time. For, forever. It has to be forever. Like, he has to live on forever, just be, just for his family and, you know, his wife and, you know, three kids. I mean, like, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. And what, what People go away. People move on. People. I mean, I've had so many people die in my life, and, you know, Uncle so-and-so is going to be here for you forever. You know what I mean? Like, after after this person passes away, like, that shit, none of that shit is real. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's only her and her three kids now, and 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 you know she's going. They're going to have to deal with that that pain for the rest of their lives. And like you said, it's up to us and the media and everybody else to to let, have him live on 
in a great life for the re- you know for the rest of their lives. I even see how text messages change, right? Like my mom's been in the hospital for the past month. In the past year, she's had diverticulitis. She almost died from. She's had two bowel obstructions, and she's had her second kidney transplant, right? And I'm on air every day, and even like people text me like, "Hey, how's everything going? Are you okay?" And then I hit them back with this whole paragraph, this soliloquy, right, about what I'm going through and I'm stressed and I'm trying to balance, you know, my mom being down in North Carolina. Uh, you know, I, I have a newborn child who's 16 months. I have a wife who, you know, we're trying to battle through our own things because I haven't had a chance to spend time with my wife because my mom's always been sick and we feel like we're constantly taking care of our kid, right? So I go through this whole soliloquy and they're like, well, here are your work days. And will you be able to work these days? And you're like, damn. Don't even ask them. Like, damn, why are you even? Yeah. So even then ask. I, so CC, I started paying attention. People just ask shit. Like, for the sake of conversation, mm-hmm. it's like saying, how are you doing? People really don't want to know how you're doing. No, because then they got to get into it. Exactly. Yeah. And people don't have time to get into everybody's stuff. So I'm like, why even ask? So it's giving me different intention now when I talk to people. I'm like, if I ask you, how are you doing? I have to be prepared psychologically to sit there and let me actually find out about how you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why the people that, you know, that really care about you are the ones that are in your life. Because those are the people that you know are really asking how you're doing and, and want to know, you know, how you're feeling and how they can help. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, it's, it's easy to weed the people out now, I, I guess, if that makes sense. I always mm-hmm. talk about this with my fiance. Like, when you evaluate somebody saying something, you have to evaluate their investment as they say it, right? Like, because even think about, I'll use something more benign. Just think of, like, <clears throat> corporate structure. You know, your boss could be having some kind of conversation with you where, like, you're not their biggest priority, and they just kind of, like, flippantly say something. And because... You, Everything they say to you matters a lot to you, the employee. All of a sudden, like you're evaluating it, you know, like well, what did what do they what do they mean with it? I don't know. They were just making conversation. Like they weren't thinking five levels deeper. They were just trying to like get through that interaction. Exactly. That's it, you know. And that happens in a million different ways in our interactions. Like you're just trying to like touch base, but get to your point or get through the moment or or, or whatever it might be. And I, I was um, yesterday. Like just thinking about how you make these things last, and you know, I, I was, I was just thinking about how like yesterday was a day after that news that you know I it was unfathomable to be mean to someone, you know, like mm-hmm. and it 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 breaks my heart all the time the way that our society and the way we consume media and you know the way we take up sides has stripped the kindness out of interaction you know and part of it's because these mediums we use are not really you know built for kindness you know we talk about that because i i I got really hot yesterday cc so obviously i found out through a text message um and then had to rush over here and then i was i was thrown on air i just straight up cursed on air which i work for disney i thought i was potentially lose my job but it was just (laughs) i was going through the raw emotions of it I must have unfollowed probably about 50 to 60 people yesterday. Mm. Let me tell you why, man. The first time I heard that Kobe Bryant had passed away, and maybe it's just I know everybody deals with trauma differently, um, but like I didn't – I have a lot of pictures of me and Kobe. I just automatically post a picture of me and Kobe. Like It was almost like one of these like when you see – entities that put up posts, if that's ESPN or Interrupted, whatever it may be, and you have that first comment that says, first – it, it seemed like people just kind of like rush. Like, I'm like, are you doing this because it really hurt you that you lost Kobe? Are you doing this to show that, hey, look at me. I want more attention because I spend time with Kobe. Mm-hmm. And it just bothers the, the shit out of me, man, because it's like like you're just doing this for the gram. Yeah. yeah. And, but that's that's how we actually, a lot of people portray life. Like real life and being transparent with the viewers. I canceled coming on the show today earlier because I was just distraught. I was tired. I didn't want to come to work. Yeah. I didn't want to come to work today after doing all that shit yesterday and talking about it for two hours and get up and then two hours and first take. And then this morning, I, I didn't go to sleep and it's like 4.30 in the morning. I'm reading a quote by Kobe. He's like, I always wanted to outwork my potential. I was like, damn. I ain't canceling. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That, like, this, is, this is the way I need to yeah. live through the legacy that Kobe has left. Yeah. Stay on it. What's crazy is that, like, the the text message that I sent to whoever I was, like, the guy that I was confirming that this was real, he sent me the picture of of us with Kobe. And I threw it up. Like, I I was one of those people. Just because, like, he sent it to me, told me the story, like, this, you remember this day, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hell yeah, I remember this day. We had so much fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, and for him to, like, 
immediately like throw me that. You know what I'm saying? I was like, like I, I did throw it up and and just that, like having that interaction with him, having that time with him, that shit was so that that day, like it just brought me back. I had forgot about that shit. You know what I'm saying? And we had we had a blast that day, and I would have never remembered if if JJ wouldn't have sent me that text, that picture. You know what I'm saying? But see, so, that's what, see, this is what I love about what we do, because I just felt angry about it, but I was in that moment, and I only have my perspective. But then listening to you articulate your perspective, I'm sitting there saying, "Damn, you're right." Okay, like that part you got about to a good whole, memory for you. That whole interaction I forgot about when that was maybe one of my first times meeting him. And uh, I remember just, I was kind of nervous. You know, I was, I'm like, I know how hard he works and all that shit. I'm a bigger guy, obviously. Most people think I don't take my shit serious. So <laughs> the first conversation we had was about, so what do y'all do? Like, what do you do? How hard do you work? Like, you work out in between starts? Like, how, like I had to go through my whole routine. And once he saw that I actually do work out, I'm just a fat ass. Uh, like, <laughs> eat, he was like, oh, we can hang. You know what I'm saying? Like, once he realized that I'm not just, like, here, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just fucking around. Like, yeah. he was like, oh, we can hang out. So it was cool. Like. He was like testing me. I felt like you know That's what I'm saying, up, man. and it was oh. that first day. That was that day. I threw that picture up. Oh my yeah. god! Thank you for that, CC. I yeah, appreciate you providing that, me with that. That's man. an amazing story, man. What I mean, uh, Jay, you have. I mean, he. You told us a story actually in the the pilot episode. In the pilot in the episode. The pilot the episode. episode. <laughs> the now famed pilot episode um, about. I remember. You're talking about being in the gym as a young player and like hearing yeah, how, how Kobe, you were like trying to be the last one to leave, but Kobe just wouldn't let you be the last one to leave. I have two legendary moments with him. So that one, I hadn't met him yet, but it had been known that he wanted to go and play basketball at Duke if he were to go to college. And him and Coach K had a good relationship. So I knew that there was that Duke connection there. So we were having a shitty season with the Bulls and I found myself doing a lot of shit that I shouldn't have been doing because it seemed like nobody else cared about winning. So why would I care about winning, right? Yeah. But playing against the Lakers that day particularly, I was like, you know what? This is my chance to kind of reestablish myself. Let me get my shit back on track. So I got to the gym early, like around 2.30, 3 o'clock, and I was like, I'm going to make 400 made jumpers. I get there. I walk in. I see Kobe working out at one end of the court, right? So I'm lacing my sneakers up, and I'm looking at him. CC, kind of same way you were probably, right? I'm looking at him. I'm kind of staring. I'm like, oh, shit, that's Kobe. You're going hard right now. And I'm tying up my shoes. I'm like, I'm going to stop staring at this motherfucker. I'm going to stop that because I, I don't need him to see me staring at him. Because yeah. we have to play against him yeah. tonight, right? So I go. It takes me about an hour to make my shots. And I get done. I sit down. And I'm unlacing my, my laces. And I'm like, damn, this dude's still going. Why are you still going? He's still going hard. <laughs> like, all of his moves are the same exact, like, like kind of wrath that he had from the moment I walked in. So I watched for another 10, 15 minutes, and then he got done. I was like, all right, cool, man. I was different. And then we came out of that game that night, and he busted our heads. Like, I always say he dropped 40. I don't even know how many he dropped, but it felt like he dropped 40 because nobody could stop him. Mm. And we had so many defensive schemes that we tried. We tried double-teaming him. We tried sending him to his weak hand. We tried funneling him towards help, Tyson, Eddie Curry. None of it worked. And I found myself asking him after the game was over in the hallway, like, why do you work that way? And he straight up said to me, man, he was like, because I saw you come in the gym, and I wanted you to know no matter how hard you work, no matter how long you work, I was going to outwork you. And I was like, damn, that's such a – that's mind-blowing that who – who the hell am I? Yeah. I motivated you that day? And then the next time I saw him was at the Players' Tribune Conference, and he straight up came to me. He was like, so you had your accident. What are we going to do? What's the plan? And I was like, uh, I'm trying to figure it out. But it was he was so direct and so blunt – Right where everybody else had kind of coddled me, mm -hmm. yeah. like I'm so sorry, yeah. you know, can't believe this happened to you, you know, like just take your time, figure it out. He was just like, "What, yo, what's up? What we got? Like, what's going on?" And he like he wanted me to come to him like a blueprint. And I see, I think that's the thing that I think that's why he connected with everybody. Let's, I see that's why like the tennis player walks out with his jersey on. That's mm -hmm. why the, the businessman can relate to him. It's this mentality. Like I'm gonna yeah. be the best at whatever the fuck. It's going like whatever's going on that day, whether it's practice, whatever, I'm gonna be the best at that. And I think everybody can relate to that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No matter whether you grew up an MJ fan, Kobe fan, debate, whatever, you can relate to his him wanting to be the greatest. Period. Facts. I relate to it even business wise, man. Like, yeah, I picked the phone, I called Tim Cook. I'm like, you just called Tim Cook? He's like, Yeah, I called Tim Cook. I called Oprah, because I didn't want to be Oprah. I wanted to be Harpo Studios. You know what I mean? Like, oh, J.K. Rowlands, I want to I want to write a, a, a script. I'm going to write a script. Like, he just believed that he could do, he could 
bend gravity. Like I can do anything I put my mind to. Like that's an attribute that we don't see a lot of people have that mentality. No, you the, wanna have it. Yeah. You wanna have right. it. Yeah. You wanna see yeah. you wanna yeah. believe that. Huh. But nobody can walk around like that though. That, and he walked around like that at 17, 18 years old huh. playing for the Lakers. You know what I mean? I, I think that like there is something Kobe's my favorite my favorite basketball player of all time. When I grew I grew up I grew up a Laker fan because I was a Kobe fan. You know, people used to always be like Oh, you broadcast Nets games now, but you grew up a Nick fan. I'm like, no, no, actually, I grew up a Kobe fan, so I rooted for the Lakers. CeCe and I actually first bonded over the Lakers in the finals. Yeah. When, when CeCe was with, you know, his first two years with the Yankees, Lakers won the finals both years. The way we first connected was in the clubhouse talking about those Kobe championship teams. And um, I, there was something just so appealing about that mindset and that work ethic and it and you could relate to it whether you're a basketball player or you know a baseball player or a broadcaster or whatever the hell your profession is just that idea of like i'm not going to take anything for granted i'm not going to waste my potential at all i am always going to outwork whoever and i think about it and where it strikes the most is when you see someone who's dripping in talent who who does that right like that's the thing that guy he could he he was going to be a hall of famer whether he spent a second in the room practicing or not, right? I mean, he had that kind of talent. And yet, even with that talent, he was like, no, 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 I'm also going to be the hardest working dude you have ever seen. I'm not going to let any bit of this opportunity go to waste. And to me, that's just like, it's just so inspirational and it's so easy to connect to, you know, no matter what your your, your craft is. And I think that's why you see what you're talking about, like that passion from so many different people because they were the mindset like you you didn't just feel the accomplishments you felt like the mindset you yeah, know like you, you really did you felt like you said like you felt that like even when he shot that three in the play you know what i'm saying like when he was young i think it was first or second year yeah. like you knew he wanted to take those shots like whether he made them or not like yeah he wanted them so yes. you you want you want to believe that you have that you know what i'm saying like whether whatever you do you yes. want to believe that you want to be the best. Yes. And, and, and then you're not afraid of a failure, you know, mm-hmm. or a failing. Like that, I mean, that was the other thing with him. It's like he was so clearly not afraid to fail. And, and one of the quotes I love that surfaced in recent years, you know, when he's been such an ambassador for the game of basketball, for sports, for culture in general, right, was him talking about failure. And, he, and somebody was asking about it, and he was like, well, it's only a failure if you stop. Exactly. Otherwise, it's just a step towards your success. And I love that because it's like, you know, it's true. You know, it's always like the, you know, uh, when we talk about something that turned out to be a blessing in disguise, right? Like you look at something and it's like, yeah, I thought this was a failure. But guess what? No, it actually turned out to be a huge blessing. And I think Kobe really had that mentality of like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm just going to use this to get to the next thing because I'm going to keep going. Well, verbiage is everything, right? So I would never – I never use the term <laughs> failure. I just use it as missed opportunity. Yeah. It's an opportunity. And if I get fortunate enough to have another opportunity, I'm going to make sure I kill that shit. So he's he, – one can argue he's had more iconic moments than any other basketball player in the history of the game. I mean, if it was the 81-point game, if it was 60 points in his following game, if it was the game-winning shot he made in 2006 over Roger Bell, mm-hmm. if it was the game he, the game that stands out the most, man, when he tore his Achilles. You talk about mama mentality. Oh my god, my man tore his Achilles Sh- and then the walked throw. to the free throw line and made both, yeah. <laughs> made both. And you could tell, like, if they didn't force him to come out of the game, he was like, he, he would have tried, tried it. Tried he would have tried it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He would have. It's, it's wild, man. I mean, that, that is the other part of it that I think was so striking yesterday for all of us is like. He's so full of life. You know, there was there was no part of him that you felt like was done on this earth. The thing, I mean, he was on his way to having maybe the most uh, successful second act that we've seen from a figure anywhere in his stratosphere when it comes to the world of sports, right? I mean, we know he already won an Oscar, which is bonkers. Yeah. You know, he's had incredible success with everything he's touched in the production world. You mentioned his novels. I also think about... You know, forget the way he's taken on all these young players in the Mamba Sports Academy and had them come out for a couple days for their camps and everything. He also has been the biggest champion of women's sports that I've seen. Yes. And 
I broadcast WNBA games. I've grown to love that league and the women in it. Mm-hmm. And literally, well, I'll tell the story now. So Kobe's my favorite my favorite uh, basketball player of all time, right? And I've I've been around him at these WNBA games a lot because he's he was always there with Gigi sitting courtside, mm-hmm. and I just I'd never met him though because you know a lot of times the way it would be timed when I'm I'm on air, you know, as he's getting to his seats. And then at halftime, maybe he's going back to the club thing as I'm walking. And so I just, like, would miss him a little bit. And the other day, or a month ago now, at Barclays Center, he was there. And he was, like, sitting right next to me and Sarah Kustak with Gigi as we were doing our open. And as I was done, he was just sitting there on the floor alone. I was like, well, now I'll get my chance to introduce myself. So I did, and I was just like, hey, man, I just want to say, like, thank you for the way you promote the women's game, it, you know, we love seeing you courtside and the way you talk about the league and, you know, the passion you give it. And he was like, I was like, man, I, and you know, we talked about it for a little bit and I was like, I, I love the credibility it gives it because, you know, if you know the game, you know how beautiful mm-hmm. it is that these women play. And he was like, we're going to make sure everybody knows. He's like, we're going to make sure. He's like, that's, that's a goal right now for me. Uh, we're going to get it done. We're going to make sure everyone understands how good this league is. I promise. And, I just loved how, like, he was so committed to that, you know? Like, and then I feel like a couple days later then was when he was courtside of Staples Center rocking the WNBA hoodie, you know? And, like, I appreciated that aspect of him, that he took his platform, his connection with his daughters, and said, you know what, I want to continue to give back, not just in my own game, but also to the women's game here, too. Right, can I tell you where I went yesterday? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm sitting there hearing the news, and... Like, I, you know, I've been on a chopper, chop a helicopter a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, CC, I know you have. I know yeah. we've both been on that helicopter that yeah. Kobe rode around in. Um, I, can't, I can't fathom. I can't imagine. And I, my wife and I were talking about this for hours last night. If I was on a plane or a helicopter oh, and I saw it happening, yeah. like in real time, like I would, I would just try to hold my. I don't even know what I would do. I, would, I think I would try to hold my child and just be like, Lord, like take me, man. Like, take, take me. Yeah. Like I'm ready, but let my, let my girl, like let, let her, her live stay. Her life. Yeah. Let like her that, stay. that was the biggest thing. Like, like yesterday when I got home, like just seeing my kids, like I gave them the biggest hug. Like I know that's a cliche or whatever, but like he was just going to do what we all do, taking his kids to a, to a, to a game. You know what I'm saying? Like. Somebody put on the internet yesterday, like getting, like leaving the house and coming home safely is underrated. Like it is, like that shit is a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Like and and for him to like his life to be taken, just going to do what he loved to do, coach's daughter playing basketball is is man, it's just mind blowing. It's like my wife and me was like, you know, we make plans all the time. Like think about that. Like you, you, hey, you're on your way home or you get to the game. I can't wait to see you at the game. And like, life doesn't going doesn't go according to plan. I said on get up this morning. I was like. You know, life doesn't pay attention to your accolades. When your time is done here, your time is done arbitrarily. It's crazy. It's on God's plan. And, um, you know, I I got angry last night, and then I tried to you know, celebrate him and his family, and obviously the loss is difficult. But, um, like, my thing is, like, we, we have to start using these times to become better and not just fall back into the same habits that we naturally do. Because that's what always happens with these things. Mm-hmm. We talk about it, it becomes so surreal, it becomes so big, and then everybody just reverts back to their life and starts running the same and doing the same damn thing that yeah. we always do a week and a half, two weeks from now. Yeah. Like, how do we, you talk about how do we, you know, bring the best out of somebody's legacy? We have to live for that legacy. So if you are a Kobe Bryant fan or you just somebody who aspires to be better in your damn life, like, then do it. Like, that's what he was always about. Like, that's what brought me here to the podcast and work. In my mind, I'm like, Kobe wouldn't look at this like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to fight harder. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm going to come. I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill work today. I'm going to try to be the best of what I can do and try to help him, you know, by reliving that. That's what we need to do. Man, just seeing videos and pictures, it's just, like, so surreal. It's crazy. Like, it's just, it's the, it's the like, him not being able to give a Hall of Fame speech. Like, him, like not watching his kids graduate, like all of that type of stuff, like that dude should have been able to live out his legend. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like all these stories we tell and different things, like it's just, man, it's crazy. I don't know. It's just, I don't know what the, it's it's hard to put it into words, man. Like, it is, it is, man. And I think like, that's what I'm talking about with the like full of life thing, the vibrancy, right? Like he, he wasn't the dude 
who did everything you could have possibly wanted to on the court and then became a recluse, right? Like, and all of a sudden he's alone for 20 years and we don't hear about Kobe Bryant anymore. No, like his presence was as active as ever. Like, I mean, it was it was unbelievable. And he's become almost like the godfather of this yes. generation of basketball we, players. We were calling the oh, yeah. 76ers game the other night. It was down in Philly when LeBron had that slam dunk and he surpassed him. And it, look, a lot of people in that situation, sometimes guys get a little bit salty that people pass them on scoring charts or whatever. Like, my man, tweet right Immediately. away. Yeah, congrats, King. Like, I love that. He yes. was so secure in who he was, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no insecurities about his game at all. So LeBron passing him gave him like joy. Like, yeah, yeah like I'm inspiring the next generation of players. Like, so many guys crying on the court. Like Devin Booker. You know what I'm saying? Like, he inspires so many guys. Like, I, I look at Giannis. I follow him on Instagram. He took his stuff down. Like, yeah, he, he's hurt. Like. This shit, like I don't, I, man, it's crazy, man. It, it, it's, it, I don't even know if there's another athlete that can that that has touched his his sport this this many young players. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if Derek Jeter was to pass away, we would be super sad. But Derek Jeter ain't worked with Mike Trout like like Kobe worked with Giannis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's not that real direct connection. It's it's a fan of the player, but it's not that you know he he actually had hands on these players. Like He's in the trenches, with helping them. these guys. That's a careers, great point, bro. Yeah, that's like, a great this is point. Like, yeah, like these players lost a lot, cause like yeah. for real. They, like, I mean, this is a lot. I, so many times I feel like I'm prepping for an NBA game, and somebody somewhere on my game board has a story about, about how Kobe. they spent yes. a, a day or two working out with Kobe 1, this past year. You know, yeah. like, and it's like, I'm not always thinking like, my gosh, how's this guy have time to work out with all these people? But like, that's how committed he was to giving back to the game, right? I mean, even that little camp he did this past summer, right? Yes. Where guys came out and he handpicked guys to come out. Yep. Like Paul George and Kawhi said it. They weren't Lakers fans, but they were Kobe fans. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yep. So for them to go to that, I mean, damn, I even watched Kawhi. I know we haven't heard from Kawhi or LeBron James, but I mean, Kawhi's... That's Kawhi's the game is guy, right? Kawhi. Like, I mean, it's almost like a, there's sometimes I'm like, yo, is that a carbon copy of yeah, Kobe? Yeah, right. I, I totally agree. When you watch Kawhi, there is so much Kobe in his game. I'm going to go ahead and say it, man. Like, I know he hasn't made a comment yet, and you know, he got to do it on his own time, and I pray for him too. Like, I don't know how LeBron's dealing with this. I don't thing. know. Like, I know. Like, it's like that weight that you have to carry. Like, and I, I hear how Laker fans, especially the Kobe Bryant fans, like want to shun him out. He's not Kobe. He's not built like Kobe. But like you know, Kobe was accepting of the of the greatness of LeBron on board to wear the purple and gold, and I wish the fans would do the same because I, like LeBron never pitted himself against Kobe. He's always, like I feel like he's always kissed the ring to a degree. Yeah, he yeah. acknowledged the greatness. Not even of to it. a degree. One thousand percent, he's always acknowledged Kobe's greatness. More so than MJ, I feel like LeBron's Great. always always acknowledged Kobe's greatness for sure. I don't and, know how he's. Doing you know, I was that. thinking about this too because obviously the only thing we've seen um, regarding LeBron. Yet yeah, is him getting off the plane in L.A. and and crying. How crazy and that they flew from Philly to L.A. That's what I'm so saying. It's unbelievable. It's it's, it's wild. It's and, wild. But I think you know I think about it in this context too. Besides the fact that LeBron had an actual relationship, you know, with Kobe and will forever be linked to him because of the basketball. There's only a few people on this planet who can relate to the life LeBron leads yes, and what he goes through. And Kobe was one of them, you know? I mean, if And I, the weight of ca uh, carrying the purple sure, and gold. Yeah. Sure, Right, like that's different in Absolutely. L.A. That's a different beast. If you think about it, like, you know, there's, I mean, there has to be just, LeBron has to see a lot of himself, in, you know, obviously in Kobe and, and just the relatability. If you think about how unique that position is that LeBron's in, who... Who else on the planet could he relate to? You know? Yeah, I'm sure they had a great relationship. I'm sure they talked all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm just assuming, you know what I'm saying? Because of the yeah. similarities of playing in the purple and gold, being the best player on the planet, carrying that weight, like, they had, he had to have been mentoring him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they had to have. Right, like think a, about it. There are certain conversations only those guys only those can two have. could have. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that that now that person who LeBron could have those conversations with is gone. You and know imagine I mean? just like LeBron himself, like having somebody to be able to talk to. Yes. Most, most of the time, an athlete that great, LeBron's stats, you know, status doesn't have anybody to go and he can talk to and relate to. And to be able to have that and, you know. I'm sure it's got to be it's got to be crazy, man. I, like I don't know. I, yeah, it's, it's, right. It's, it's, man, it's hard to wrap my my mind around this shit. It's it's, it's crazy. It was wild too. Just uh, you know, yesterday, I, like I, I found myself 
seriously emotional multiple, multiple times. All of a sudden, I'm just like, I'm snotting tears, and I'm like, my gosh. And, and you know, and then you're, you know, for a million different reasons, you know, thinking about all the, you know, nine souls who were lost, not just Kobe and, and so many little girls on that helicopter. I can't yeah. even say it now. But, you know, then just also I think what's beautiful and, like, what was touching and, and definitely what affected me as well was seeing how affected people were, right? Like, you know, th- that to me is like, wow. Like, to see how, not just, like, pay a lip service because someone passes away and there's always, like, just those words and those thoughts, but to see, like, the the emotional effect on so many people, you know, to see Trey Young in tears or to see Kyrie Irving have to leave Madison Square Garden afterwards, be he finding out because he just couldn't, fathom playing you know or 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 you know hearing greg popovich or seeing the way the crowds reacted like demar Derozan was on the bench oh man you know yeah and i even know we talk a lot about like the celebrities those guys but like kobe also talked to random people yeah he would spend time with random people i mean we have a woman here named dominique collins who is one of the stage managers and producers for first take and she's like i just had an hour-long conversation with kobe just because we were randomly next to each other at dinner table and she's one of four daughters and he's like how is it to be one of four daughters and he started like that's what my man was insatiable appetite for knowledge mm. for knowledge if you had experience that he was treading towards in that path he would ask you about it because he wanted to be the best at being a father for four girls and my wife told me this about a week and a half ago. She's like, baby, you got to start thinking about what kind of hobbies you're going to do with your daughter because as she gets older, you know, you have to have that one hobby that you guys can always go back to so you can spend time and talk about different things. She's like, you know, for me and my dad, it was golf. I can't imagine for him, like, having, having the hobby of you maybe being one of the greatest ever to do a sport mm-hmm. and then having your daughter be like, I'm going to be a hooper too. Like, he tells this story about, you know, you know how guys say random idiotic things sometimes because they don't think, they're just so excited to meet you or whatever. And he was like, a guy came up to me, he was like, oh man, you and B, you guys gotta have a boy, right? You guys gotta have somebody to carry on the legacy for the family. And he's like, his daughter was like, oi, oi, I got this. <laughs> I got this, right? Like that that feeling to share that bond like with all of his kids, like regardless of how he did it, like that's, that's special. Yeah, yeah man. It, it is. And, and I was just looking at his Instagram before we came here. And, it's, I mean, he's got all his kids on there, but but Gigi's on there a lot. Yeah. Because it's a lot of basketball. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you're right. You know, your your wife is right. You have to have, you know, a bond with each each one of your kids. You know, so it's different for each one. You know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's something that's real that, that, you know, you have to have that you can spend that time with them and, and – Always bring it back to that one thing that they always remember that you know is, is a good time for them. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's crazy. You know, I I think what you said before, Jay, is it, it's so true. Like you hope that the kind of spark you feel about, um, you know, just wanting to treat people more kindly and allow the, you know, the negative and horrible, tragic moment to inspire positive change that lasts. Like you hope maybe. Maybe this time we remember a little longer because there's something sad. You know, we talk about how people all of a sudden aren't around the family anymore and it goes back to real life or, you know, regular life. But it's also like just that, like, you know, remembering perspective and what's important, right? Well, it should recalibrate everybody. Yeah, it should. I saw Kendra Perkins do this the other day. He apologized to KD. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. On Twitter. Right. Right after this. I said it when I went on air. I was like. You know, regardless of whether you got small stuff, big stuff, like let that shit go. Like yeah. in the big scheme of things, man, I know we all strive to like none of it matters. None of it matters. It does not matter. It no, it doesn't. And you know, no. we spend we have we have these mediums that are sort of built for, you know, quick reaction and coarse conversation and and debate and it's just it's not it's not the way we're meant to yeah d- interact is way more beings. complex not, than that yeah right? it is, you know? exactly it's not just black or white it's no gray. exactly you know we have we have you know thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years of being conditioned to communicate in a certain way you know and like and to have these you know multi-layered interactions and now in a decade we've basically tried to wipe them away with a new form of media that we're all still processing. And in the course of that, we've lost like, you know, too often what it is to like be human. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when something like this happens, like you, you have a day where all of a sudden it just feels like everyone's like t- 
together again. I don't you know. know? If you, I don't know about you guys, but it's like you know, I've always looked at CC and you know him talking openly about some of his struggles. That yeah. that makes me commend him so much more because oh, that's that's real. Mm. Like, and I, I think sometimes you know, it's like what IG is, right? Like, I have a and we did a series on Best Shot a couple of years ago, and one of the kids that I was on the team posted a picture of him next to like a Ferrari the other day and and I was like but that's not your life that's not, like you don't have a Ferrari yeah. you know and he's like but like that's the life he wants people to, to perceive him yeah. to have yeah. right but that's not that's not a real account of the highs and the lows and like those are badges of honor if you've gone through adversity in your life that you battled through regardless of whether you're still trying to figure it out or not like think about that like you don't have to be here to figure shit out mm-hmm. it could be like for Kobe today you'd be gone if you're here figure your shit out and carry those badges with you. Let those be learning opportunities, not failures, but maybe opportunities where you can be a better individual. Like, that's what I commend about you, man. So respect and love for what you've been able to do. We need more of that in our society. Amen, man. Like, it's, you know, if you, even if you think about Kobe, right? Like, imagine if his Instagram was just all his game winners, you know? Like, (laughs) It could have no. been that. Like, could've right, been, yeah, it could have been, been that easily. It could have been, been easily. It could have been, yeah. right? Yeah. But, like, you know, there's so much that goes into that, right? Like, and that's part of what I love. Now, just talking from a strictly basketball standpoint, part of what I loved about him is, like, we celebrated the work with him, you know? <laughs> and, like, in this Instagram society, we only sort of, like, value the highlight, right? Like, that's what it's like. No, no, no. That's not that's not real. Like there's so much that goes into that journey to put you in position to have that highlight. I mean, we did a whole workout for an hour straight up CC on jab steps. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't shoot the rock. <laughs> jab steps. He's like, "So if you jab me in between the legs, what does that do to my body angle? Where does it change? Are you watching my hands? Jeez. Are you watching my eyes? Are you watching my stomach? I can't go anywhere without my stomach. Are you jabbing to get my left hand to go down? Are you get my jab jab hand to get my left hand to go up? If it goes up, are you going to swing through, rip through?" I was like, holy shit, what, what the, fuck? the fuck are you yeah, talking about? Right. Like, I don't know. I just react, I'm right? Just jabbing but if, to get, off. get off me. So I can get away. But that's what I'm saying. Like, the way he dissected oh, the game and the attention to detail. It's not ironic that ESPN Plus has detail. detail. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah all man. That, that's all he paid attention to. Yeah. Right? Like, it meant everything. So if you were to translate that to life, damn. Yeah. I just like I'm sitting here thinking about the All Star game when him he was going him and LeBron was going back and forth and, and it was at the end and he wanted to guard LeBron yeah, for the last year. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you yeah. know, like I mean he's in the All Star game <laughs> yeah. going hard. Like yeah. this is my chance. you know what I'm saying? Like I, it's just I don't know, man, special dude, man. Like it ain't nobody that 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 that's like him, man. That I don't think we'll ever see anybody else like him. Like, you you remember his all star game that works hard. Yeah, but with that kind of fierce work ethic. You remember his uh, the first All Star game he was at at the Garden with him him going up against MJ. Oh yeah, when he did that, he yes. did that behind the yeah. back oh, and then yeah. the little hook. Oh man, like I, just like I feel it, man. Oh. Kobe's like part of the Holy Trinity, man. If you look at like basketball guys, I'm like, okay, he's like the Holy Spirit. He is. He's the Holy it's, Spirit it's, of the game. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, crazy. It, it, there's something too that's like when you see someone who just loves what they do. You know, like so often I feel like I get disappointed if it's when someone who's great as something doesn't truly love it you know yeah. like what i love about him is he was great and he loved it man like he i mean he had a million passions of course and i think you know we really saw his passion for his daughters and his family in recent years but man he loved basketball he loved it and he was extremely extremely like extreme introspective like yeah. every time i walked away i was like why do you say that like, why did he ask me that? Like, was he asking me that to see what my answer was? Like, it makes me start self-evaluating. Like, about what my responses were. Like, why was he programmed to ask that when I've never asked myself that question? Right? Like, he so, al- he, yeah, he always puts you in that state. Yes. Though, even if you knew you was going to see him. Like, even if I knew I was getting ready to see him, I had to prepare myself for, like, the shit that Kobe might ask you. Really? Yeah. yeah. For oh, sure. All the time, oh, that's Because he watches everything. So, like... I remember one time it was at the 40, and it was after 09, and they had just won, and we were there, and um, he was asking me, he was asking me why, 
he was asking me why I threw in the lefties. Like, and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. He was like, so like, cause it was Big Poppy. That's what happened. Oh. I hit Big Poppy. Okay. And he was asking me why, like, what was the point of that? And I had to tell him, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, first of all, it was for, for something different, but you know, to get him off of this and blah, 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 <laughs> yeah. that. So we went in like a 30 minute conversation about pitching, you know what I'm saying? About how I got to throw in and get him off my slider and blah, 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 whatever. But like, I would always have to condition myself to be like in a mind frame to be in the right mind, to be in the right mind state to be around Kobe. Wait, what do you? Because he's going to ask you something. Wait, wait, let's oh. go back. Let's go back. Look. What do you mean it was for something different? <laughs> 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 it was for something different. <laughs> Josh Beckett used to hit. Josh Beckett would hit a Rod or Jeter every time we played him, uh. and Big Poppy had never been hit by a Yankee, so. It, you know, just, yeah. just so happy. Let that be me. One of those things. And, and, and like a couple weeks after, I seen Kobe, and it was a big deal, I guess, or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, So he yeah. saw it, and he was like, yo, what, what happened with that? So it's just always crazy. Like, I, I always knew if I was going to see him, I had to be in a mind frame to be, to answer questions like, regu- like to, you know, give him a real answer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, that's such a great story, man. That's amazing. Like, see, that's, see, he would do things funny, when we play, because, <laughs> look, I, I only have one year in the league, and we ran the triangle, which I, I know people like to – you know, doing NBA, people like, oh, Jay, you only average nine and a half points and like five assists. I was like, well, damn, I was playing in the triangle that's built for <laughs> Michael Jordan and Kobe. Like, there's a there's a pass for every cut, and it's built for if you have a great wing or if you have a great low post player. It's not built for a PG. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. for me, like, if I'm if I came out had Scott Skiles a head coach, we would have ran. I mean, today's game. What is a PG? Me? That's that's all that's I did you. was shoot, run, yeah, you, you, floaters, lays. Oh my god! Right? I'm like, yeah. please give me the rock. Yeah. yeah. But I'll never forget this because it took me three quarters of the year to understand the triangle, and I remember I was on the far left wing, and there was like maybe I don't know 17 seconds left in the shot clock, and I would say I wanted to be competitive. And Kobe had switched off from me. He's like, he started talking trash to me, but it wasn't trash talk like MJ trash talk. This motherfucker was trying to help me in the game. He was like, you're gonna go to the pinch post now. You're going to go to the pinch post. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. How well do you know our sets, first off? And why are you telling me where I should go? Should I go there? And then my coach should is like, go, go to the pinch post. Oh, I'm like, no, he's telling me I should go to the pinch post. Like, it's, it's that kind of psychological warfare, those Jedi mind tricks, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was always that prepared. That's incredible. That's oh, it's legendary that's shit, insane. man. You can't that's, make that's that shit so up. See, that's Should I go with that? Yeah. I don't know. Oh and then the whole place <laughs> fucked up. And I'm like, everybody's looking at me. I'm like, I don't know. Kobe oh just mentally God. hijacked me. <laughs> that's the thing, right? It's like it's up here. He was just so different, different. man. Like Facts. just a just a next level. I I have to just I have to tell you this story just obviously. You guys have, first of all, and I think our audience is going to be, you know, just so blessed with the stories you're telling because you're both in such a unique position where you've had these incredible interactions with Kobe Bryant. And for me growing up, like I said, he was my favorite player. And I, in seventh grade playing basketball, like I wanted Kobe sneakers, you know. And the the ones at the time for him, that was when he was with Adidas, were the Crazy 8s, which I'm mm-hmm. wearing today, yeah. you know. Those and those are the same ones? Not the same ones. <laughs> I wish they – my foot's about the same size, 12 and a half. But, like, I – so anyway. At 12 and a half I, in yeah, the seventh grade? Yeah, I had huge feet, man. Wild. Yeah, oh, exactly. The height kid. didn't follow oh, the man, foot size. You had to yeah. <laughs> Come they on, had man. to go at you in seventh grade. You know Did what? Go at you? No, no, no. It's funny though. I was, I was a good point guard. <laughs> I, I, my feet. We need to see video. I want to see evidence. Feet, I want to see this. My feet were agile, despite that. <laughs> I feel like you've been saying that for a long time, Rod. That's the shit. That's the go-to. I got agile feet. My feet were agile. You guys had to prepare for Kobe. I have to prepare for you. Okay. Oh so, shit. Uh, no, but so. I got I get these I get the Kobe's uh for Christmas, right? And I'm so excited. I literally Christmas night, I slept with my crazy eights as if they were a stuffed animal. Mm. Not not on my feet. I slept with my crazy eights, like snuggling them. Like I in seventh grade. Like that's how obsessed with Kobe I was. And then, like, all throughout my basketball career, Did you play well the next game? Yeah. Seventh and eighth grade was the peak of my basketball <laughs> career, Jack. We were undefeated in eighth grade, and I wore my Kobe's Respect. the whole time. Uh, yeah, exactly, man. There has to be, and I don't know whoever will be able to pull this off, but there has to be something monumental in, in basketball on 824. Right. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know who's yeah. out there to do something. it, but something needs to be done. The Staples Center said, in I LA. Said the Lakers, something. the Lakers should have kept, should come out wearing eight and twenty four today. I agree. 
like all of them, or the, yeah. the Clippers all wear twenty four, the Lakers all wear eight, or something like that. Or yeah. I mean, even on you know, you know, this the next year, this day, next year, you know, everybody, everybody in the league wear twenty four. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, this is like one of those type of you know passing away is where like you know the we the whole league and everybody we 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 need to remember this forever. i also think yeah his birthday is august 23rd yeah it is think about that yeah. august 23rd his birthday then two numbers he wore 824 824 yeah wow all this right? man philly yeah. that playing from, play from philly the day all. before well, how about, yeah lebron passing like that's what was so, that's that's what was so wild is he was so present right now you know like to see that happen was just It's it crazy, wild. too, because, like, you tell a story about, you know, how being in junior high, but, like, I feel like I actually grew up with this dude because he's two years older than me. So yeah. when I was in the 10th grade, he was he was getting drafted. So that's uh. I'm paying attention to this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the, he, it was so – I don't know. It's, it's weird, man. It's, it's, it's hard to Like, describe. you're watching like, him as he goes on his I'm journey right him. before you're about to yeah, go on your like this, Yeah, like, this is what I'm about to do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He's 17 years old, getting drafted. Like, this is, this is like, what I'm trying to do. Like, yeah. it's obviously a different sport, but – I don't know. It's just it's it's hard to. I mean, I looked up to him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying we were we were close in age, but I looked up to him. It's crazy. Tough year, even though I know 2020 just got started. But I mean, Nipsey, David Stern, Al Kobe. Yeah. It's, um, <sighs> yeah. It, it, yeah. It is. Well, I think um, obviously when we uh, originally uh, scheduled this podcast, we were intending to talk about much happier things, Jay, yeah. but. You know, I'm so glad that you were, you know, still willing to record. Yeah, and, for sure. Thank yeah, you, man. No, I love and you respect, know, man, always, sure, man. I think for our audience, you know, <clears throat> there's nothing they'd rather hear more today than – Nah, nobody wants to talk about nothing else nothing. other than this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And these reflections and stories and the personal connections you guys have, what a blessing to be able to hear them. And, man, you know – I'm trying to find this one, this one picture of me and him on the court in Sacramento. Oh, really? But little C's in it. And he's like oh. stare, like looking up. He's like four or five years old. And I he's like, "That's it. Kobe." And he's got the Kobe twenty four oh, jersey. Oh man, it's, it's a sick picture. That's I, awesome. I found it, but it's like grainy. But I gotta find like the clear one. Do you I have the hard copy it. of it too somewhere? You think it, it was in the it was in the post? So I'm sure like oh they can, yeah they yeah, can yeah they can. They say it's problem with technology these days, man. I be losing pictures. I'm right? like, yo, I forget. Like I need <laughs> yeah. to create these old family albums because I just. Lose phones, your phone's breaking, you just lose your shit's gone. Yep. Yeah, yeah man. I would say uh, you gotta like almost like have a rhythm of like at the end of the year you you make like you make some sort of yeah. album book, you know, With like you. every year because otherwise, yeah, they they go away. Jay, thank you, man. We'll do it again Appreciate when, when you, there's uh, happier times as well, and and. Uh, we appreciate how you know honest and and giving you were with sharing your Kobe stories, man. Sure. Love and respect, man. Always. A couple uh, notes as well. Obviously, normally we record. Uh, well, we record whenever, but we release on Thursday. This week, we felt it was appropriate to release right away, given uh, the stories that you know you've just heard from Jay Williams and and just how raw uh, the emotion is right now for everybody in yeah. the sports community. It just felt right. Uh, to release so I'm glad um you know that this is getting right out um and uh you know it also uh we see had had this tragedy not occurred we probably would have been beginning the podcast talking about uh how all of a sudden you were in the headlines yeah. involving Justin Verlander Again, this weekend yeah, yeah they were like yeah. false headlines about me leaving the leaving the writers dinner early because I was pissed off about what he said. No, I wasn't pissed. I mean, when he said what he said, I started banging on the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god! So we got to give it up to the technical. What do you say? Technology and fucking analytic. D- yeah, yeah, division, exactly. Whatever. So, But, no, nah, that shit didn't bother me. It is what it is. Like, walked up, you know, shook his hand, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Like, they don't, they don't feel sorry for it. Like, obviously, the league is not going to do anything. Nobody cares. So. Let them roll. So you did not leave, though, because of that. I did not leave because of that. No, no, no. I'm sick. I did not leave because of that. Did not leave. Set the record straight. And that uh, article that Andrew Marchand wrote about me in the post is false, too. (laughs) Which part? I'm going to just leave it. The whole fucking thing. Okay. I'm going to just leave it there. (laughs) 
And there you have it. So a couple house cleaning notes to end this week's episode of R2C2, and we'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode.